is Ronaldo. Oh, my goodness. You don't save those. Out of this world. Messi. 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 From the international stage to right here at home, this is FUVFC, talking all things soccer on WFUV Sports. Hey there, folks. It's FUVFC, the one and only podcast via WFUV Sports that talks about football all across the globe. We are so grateful you have joined us uh, throughout this this wonderful summer of soccer. We hope we too continue to have you on the edges of your seats as we continue into the fall and an exciting domestic season and all these things that are going on constantly in the world of international football. It's just so much to talk about. But again, thank you so much for being here for this week's edition of the show. My name is Dylan Balsamo. I'm here with two of my dear friends, Danny Perry and Emma Zubko. Danny, we'll start with you. How are you today? I'm good. I'm happy to be back. We have a lot to talk about. Um, I'm happy that Emma's joining us today. I know that she was here uh, a few months back, so it's going to be a good talk show. And, um, you know, Keenan's not here, but that's okay. We survive. We survive another day. <laughs> How are you, Emma? I'm good. I'm good. I'm happy to be back uh, talking some soccer with you guys. It's been a while, and I'm excited. And uh, an epic return of sorts, Uh to the podcast airwaves, I guess is the best way of putting that. But anyways, that's not important. Here's what I want to start with here. So we were planning on recording this yesterday. Uh, for those of you listening, that would have been Thursday, August the, the 26th. We were planning on talking about a handful of things, um, but uh, the day got away from all of us and we were, we were not able to record uh, on Thursday. And to be honest with you, Danny, thank goodness we didn't. Because now we have official word that Cristiano Ronaldo is heading back home to Manchester United. And this is just, there's, there's so much to unpack here. It was kind of out of nowhere. It's really insane. I don't even really know what to think. So, so what were your thoughts when you heard about this? You know, I feel like there's so many weird things going on internationally. We had Messi not too long ago. Now we have Ronaldo doing something. It's, it's cool that he's going back to the place where it all kind of started for him. He, he's leaving... Uh, Juventus, and he is, as long as everything with the visa and everything works out, likely to sign a two-year deal. His contract was set to expire. Now he's 36 years old, and I think that he's going to bring the production that we've seen him bring throughout his career. And we might see Manchester United win their first EPL title since 2013. What are you thinking about it, Emma? I'm personally really excited to hear this news. Manchester United is are one of my favorite teams. So him joining them is really, really exciting for me. Um, I think it's going to be great to see Ronaldo surrounded by a lot of young players uh, like Rashford, Greenwood, Sancho, who can like play off him um, 
and do a lot more of the running maybe he'll kind of just be you know in the in the penalty area in the box doing his thing heading heading the balls and kicking all the goals in excited to see that and I really excited to see him join Pogba who I hope does not leave Man U before Ronaldo joins I know that Man U might want to reduce the squad in order to you know pay the wages and Pogba only has a one year remaining on his deal at Man U so I'm a little scared he might go somewhere else but I'm hoping hoping that he stays so I can see him and Ronaldo together on on Man U and I would love to see that. You know, Emma, you just made a great point that he's now surrounded by all these young players. He's 36 years old. You know, this is an American football where you can be Tom Brady and stand in a pocket and you just have to rely mostly on your arm. This is soccer. It's a physical sport, no matter what position that you play. So for him to be surrounded by young players and for him to sit sit higher up, maybe, you know, with that back line and just do what he does best and that score goals, this might be a year of production that matches to any of his greatest that we've seen maybe even better because of his surrounding cast and you know they were runners up last season of the EPL title so they have that team surrounding him I think this is a great move for Ronaldo I don't think that again this is an American football we're not going to see soccer players keep going into their 40s in my opinion so I think not only is this a new destination for Ronaldo as in he's coming back home to Manchester. I think this is going to be his final destination for, for a club team. And I think he's going to do great things with all the points that you just said. In terms of Manchester United and the, and the, um, the direction they've been in the last couple of years, it's certainly been a climb back up to where they were. And they've been doing that very well statistically, you know, finishing in second place, as you mentioned, Danny, but I would say this is really a rejuvenation in spirit uh, to the Manchester United of, really at this point seven eight years ago that we have not seen in a while there's a there's a certain there's a certain level you expect Manchester United to be at that we just not have seen we really have not seen for a good period of time now but of course as we have been talking about Ronaldo you know made his name at the top tier level with Manchester United of course eventually left for Real Madrid that's really where he uh, elevated to a level of just um, global really more cosmic stardom uh, then of course uh, made the big move to Juventus a couple of years ago after um, a uh, really incredible uh, Champions League run uh, with Madrid at the end there. And now he's coming back home to Manchester United. And there's, there, there's so much to be excited about, about this. And, and, you know, Emma, you of course brought up the point of, of, of young players to me, at least, and this goes for any sport, um, the best of players, even, um, even superstars like, like a Ronaldo, um, you know, they are the, they, continue to be good when they realize, you know, I'm not 25 anymore. I'm not going to be able to do the whole job myself. doesn't mean you have to become a role player, but your role on the team does change to some extent. You can't do everything by yourself. And, you know, for this group of really young stars on United, this is going to be uh, exactly what they needed. Because not only is it um, having, uh, you know, one of the greatest players this game has ever seen on the pitch for you every week, Really, more than anything, what it is is uh, uh, a, another boost of confidence that this, you know, program is is continuing to move in the right direction, back to the place where they were in the days of Ronaldo, and you know, in the in the years following that, to a lesser extent as well. But you know, Emma, I'll come to you here. Um, you look at Manchester United for this season. Uh, you know, obviously, the Premier League season has already started. And it's probably going to be, uh, you know, another week or two before we see Ronaldo back in a United uniform, but. You know, in terms of projections for this Premier League season, and this was already going to be a very tight year 
um, in the top five, six spots of the Premier League, really fighting for those Champions League spots. What is the expectation for Man U now? What what should they be expecting for themselves? What should fans be expecting of them? I think with the addition of Ronaldo, fans are definitely expecting a step up and some better performance. I was on Twitter briefly and I looking at the reactions to Ronaldo joining and like all of the comments were, oh, we're so excited. Oh, we're like, this season's going to be great. He's back. He's back. And I think, I know that fans haven't been too happy with the uh, leadership at Man U. And I think this uh, is a good move for them. And the coach of Man U used to play with Ronaldo. So um, now they're reunited and that'll be really great to see as well. Yeah, I have to say, I think before they acquired Ronaldo again, that their title was just a DM away. Well, they got a DM and a whole lot more. (laughs) So if that's what the experts were saying, I can't say anything besides they're coming home with the EPL title this season. And if they don't, they're going to be runners up. But I mean, they have everything that they need at this point. You know, if injury doesn't strike them or a tornado doesn't, you know, sweep them all away. I don't see why not at this point. And you know what? It's it, in in essence, I think that's a that's a fair thing to say about this United team. That being said, though, this is going to be an incredibly tough um, year of any year to just jump in and and compete all of a sudden uh, for for that top spot. You know, Manchester City has had a rough start to things in the uh, Premier League season. Um, but mm-hmm. they still seem like they're going to eventually take the shape of the team that we all expect them to be. You know, you look at teams like Liverpool and 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 Hotspur and and whoever you want to look at, they're they're going to continue to be tough. So it's it's going to be difficult. And you know, this is something I, I've always said, um, and uh, truly, again, I mean it for every sport, is that that first year when you make that big leap um, to like, okay, we're this we're this level now, um, it usually doesn't work in that first. Year. You can look, there are, there are tons of examples of it all across the globe in team sports. It just doesn't tend to happen all that often. That being said, though, we will see what the effect of someone like Ronaldo on a team that was already quite good is going to have. And, and Emma, what, what are your thoughts on that? Bringing up something Danny said earlier, I did not know that the family who owns Manchester United also owns the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. And you know how they went out and bought <laughs> Brady and won the Super Bowl. Uh, in their first year, uh, maybe I was thinking they're thinking similarly with this move with Ronaldo um, and with what he can do for them. That's that, that's absolutely right. You know, there are actually I've, I meant to mention this. The, the very few examples of when it has worked, um, that is one of them. That That is like perhaps one of the most prominent ones. And, you know, in terms of of having a certain type of business acumen, this ownership group has very much proven themselves. Was like, oh, we know, we know what, we know exactly how we're going to do this, and if, and you know, they figured it out in the NFL. We're going to see how it goes in the uh, in the Premier League. And, May the you know, odds and, be ever in their favor <laughs> <laughs> if they want to adopt somebody. Uh, that family can adopt me <laughs> along with Brady and Ronaldo. <laughs> well, you know what's interesting is that, like that being said, though, um, the similarities between the two situations are very similar, but also the similarities between Brady and Ronaldo at this point are incredibly similar. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, reaching a certain point where, like, you don't have to prove anything to anybody at this point. Um, but they continue to um, they continue to be dominant at at how they play and the way that they play and the sport that they play, and will we'll continue to fight in different ways and find new challenges and 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 want new things for themselves. That's a really important thing. 
Any final thoughts here on, uh, on Ronaldo? No, I just hope he stays healthy. You know, I hope he is able to contribute the way I know he wants to. Anybody who's a, who's a top player in the world wants to not only go to a team, but contribute. So he's only going to be able to contribute if he stays healthy. I hope he is that leader that you would think one of the best players would be, similar to a Tom Brady you know, you won't mind being a backup to Tom Brady because you're learning from the best. So this is a chance for the youngsters on Man United to learn from one of the best. I hope they all mesh well together. I hope nobody's ego gets in the way. And I wish them the best. Manchester United. <laughs> <laughs> Emma, what do you think? Yeah, no, I was going to say something similar. I think this is a great chance for the young players on Man U to learn from Ronaldo. And I think it's it's similar to, or kind of similar to, like Mbappe's situation, which I found interesting why he, he wants to leave PSG because Messi's joining. And I think personally, that would be a great opportunity for him to learn from someone like Messi. Uh, and it's kind of similar here with Manu. And I just hope Pogba stays. It stinks that Lukaku left because I think that would have been awesome to see them together. And I hope you know, Rashford and Lingard and they all, they all stay. I can't wait to see them play together. Well, you've just transitioned, Emma, quite nicely into something I just want to hit upon before we uh, to delve into other topics here is, you know, as anyone who has been paying attention this summer has realized, this has been such an insane summer transfer-wise and, more importantly, money-wise uh, in the world of international club football. Obviously, we talk about Ronaldo, and, and that contract is just uh, above anything I'd really care to discuss. And the same can be said for, obviously, Lionel Messi, as we talked about on the podcast a couple of weeks ago, found himself in a very similar situation. Of course, that's a... Um, that's a scenario where he didn't really want to leave, but at the end of the day, that was a money situation. You know, you talk about, uh, you talk about Mbappe and, and what continues to go on there. And you look, Harry Kane did end up staying with, with Spurs, but, um, not for a low price. You know what I'm saying? So my, my question for you guys is, is, is multifaceted. Uh, Danny, I'll, I'll start with you. A, can you remember a transfer window that has ever been this incredible, this epic, this, um, heartbreaking, this, whatever you want to call it. And two, with the amount of money that's been thrown around and with the amount of movement that we have seen, not only this year, but in the past couple of years in the world of international football, um, is, this the, is this a fad or is this the style that we're going to continue to see of just constant transfers of superstars for such an incredible amount of money, more so than we have ever seen at that level of frequency? Well, Dylan, you never, you never cease to amaze me with your questions here. <laughs> I think that this is definitely like this prolific year of these big stars moving around. I think the next time we're going to see something so mind boggling and I will say amazing because it's great for the sport, in my opinion, that Manchester United is relevant again. Now, don't get me wrong. They were relevant before Ronaldo, but now they're really relevant. Now people are going to really watch, you know, only certain people are fans of the players Emma mentioned. Everybody wants to watch Ronaldo in a sense. He's one of the best players. And with that being said, I think the next prolific year you're going to see like this, it's not going to be about a player going to another team. I think you're going to see the Messi's and Ronaldo also retire at similar times. Like I said earlier, I think this will be Ronaldo's final destination. So the next time we're going to see a crazy year like this, I think it's going to be a retirement year rather than a let's see all these players move around, money going here, money going there. Now with all of this money going around, you know, is a player ever going to be paid as much as these players? I mean, that's just the world. Money just keeps going up. So it seems for professional players and we're even seeing it in the women's game now also, which is cool. But again, I don't, I don't know. I think Mbappe would be maybe another player you see sign a ridiculous contract if he moves around. 
But right now, this is what we're living with. This is the present moment. I say we embrace it. And because I really believe that the next time we see so many moves like this, it's going to be retirement from these great players that we love so much. Yeah, that was a good point you brought up. I think that sadly, the the next big, big moves we might see in, in soccer are the retirement of people like Messi and Ronaldo. Um, and that will be a very, very, very sad day. But I love all these different moves that are happening. I think it's, like you said, it's great for the sport. It's so fun to talk about. And it's so fun hearing what like experts and players and analysts and coaches have been saying for the past few months. Um, and I, I can't wait to see what, what happens. It's going to make these, these tournaments and leagues and, and games even more interesting and more fun. You know, obviously you don't have to tell uh, most people in the world, oh, you should tune into Premier League this year and the Champions League this year. But, you know, all eyes will continue to be on them this year, specifically with Manchester United. And, you know, speaking of Manchester United, guys, you know, D- Danny mentioned the women's side of things. And, and we're going to get to that now because uh, let's talk about Christian Press, who just signed uh, an enormous two-year contract worth $550,000, I believe it was, uh, correct, with uh, Angel City FC, uh, the new expansion NWSL team in Los Angeles, California. Just coming over from the Manchester United women's team, this is, you know, obviously one of the biggest contracts uh, that this, the National Women's Soccer League in the United States has, has ever seen. And um, Danny, it does seem like this is going to have some kind of effect on uh, the kind of contracts we're going to see in the future here in the NWSL as they continue to rise to prominence as a league as respectable as any men's top league that we see across this globe. Yeah, you know, it's it's hard for me to speak of this type of contract after after we just spoke about Ronaldo, who made 126 million in one year last year. But in retrospect, we are speaking about women's soccer in which does not have the revenue in which European, you know, club teams have or any domestic male sports in general. And that's just the plain old fact there. But to see a 500,000 plus contract in a women's sport when we were dealing with Mia Hams getting paid $10 a day. That is just phenomenal. Now we can't forget that she is not the only one with a contract like this. Carly Lloyd is 518,000 a year. I believe hers is the highest in the NWSL. We have Kerr at 500 also Morgan at 450. These contracts are out there. They're, they're becoming more of the norm. It's great for women's sports. It did not come without a fight though. Now I understand the lawsuit that the U S women's national team had regarding equal pay is a completely different fight from the NWSL. But don't tell me that their fight didn't scare a little bit, you know, the, the heads of the NWSL, like we better start doing what's right by the players because they're the ones that give us the money. So I think it's a great thing. Press is returning home. She was promised when she joined the league that if a California team emerges, she will be there and they deliver their promise. She's coming home. If she is to go with the optional, I think it's a third year in that contract, her maximum payout would be 550,000. And that would, you know, again, it's just, she put, she's right in, in with the highest paid players in NWSL history. And the way that Angel City is unfolding, it makes it a very promising future for not just her, but for the team. I mean, you have one of the top goal scorers now on your team and who doesn't want Kristen Press on their team? Let's be real here. What do you think, Emma? Yeah, this is just great to hear for women's sports. Um, and kind of women in general, I I was really 
happy to hear that she was getting paid 500k plus. Um, I I didn't even know that they paid women that high, and I'm glad to see it's going up as it should be. I personally, Press Kristen Press is my favorite player on the USWNT, so to see my woman get paid, it makes me very, very happy. And I read that Angel City FC, where she's going, was like founded by a bunch of women who are in sports, but also not in sports, like Natalie Portman, uh, Abby Wambach, like uh, Candace Parker, Billie Jean King, Jennifer Garner, James Corden, which is really, really interesting and great to see that more people outside of sports are investing in something like this uh, and bringing, bringing it to light. So that was really cool to see. And like you said, you can't go wrong with signing Kristen Press. And she's, she's going home to California. It's going to be more familiar for her. I think her family's from there as well. She went to Stanford. Um, it can only be good for her and for her future and for the team. And I'm excited to see what they do in the next season. Yeah, and I also want to, I wanted to say that Racing Louie is not where, you know, she was released from. They're not missing out here. They actually, they got quite the deal because they're, you know, they traded the rights to Chris and Press to sign with Angel City. But in return, they're receiving Angel City's first round pick in the 2022 college draft, 75000 allocation money. And they're getting full roster protection from Angel City in the year's exp- expansion draft. So... I think it was really a beneficial move for both sides. And I believe it's Racing Louie that also has the rights to Tobin Heath, which is interesting because if you follow female soccer, you follow the drama or the whatever, the banter you want to say, and everybody thinks Chris and Press and Tobin Heath are dating. So that is an interesting thing that might happen in the future. So Emma, she is not your girl. I think she is Tobin Heath's, but that's what I'll say there. I'm, all, I'm, always, I'm always here for you. <laughs> Got you, Kristen. You know what's uh, what's interesting is I think that um, that uh, personal level of of entertainment uh, between certain players might just be what is perfect for uh, a league that is trying to emerge itself as 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 respectable and as entertaining and as watchable as any other sport in this country or all over the world. So um, you know, I'm all for that personally. That being said, Danny, I really share your sentiment that it is very difficult to have to consider this a positive conversation in the light of how much money we just saw Cristiano Ronaldo and Lionel Messi make in moves of really the century. So it's, it's a difficult thing to, to grapple with, you know, that being said, nothing happens overnight. And I really believe that. So that is that is something to to keep in mind here. Of you know, as much as we would like to see things be on an even playing field, no pun intended, um, immediately, it, it it is unfortunately not going to happen like that. So you know, if if you are a supporter of women's soccer, a fan of women's soccer, a, a supporter of, of of equality across the sexes, specifically in athletics, um, any contract such as this is a is a is a victory. It's a small one. They're all going to be small ones until the big one. No, but- absolutely, Dylan. It's a, it's a victory. And again, like I have to bring up the point that I don't know if these victories would come. Like you have to remember 
the Julie Foundies, the Mia Hams, all of the people that came before them to make this victory happen. And, and you do have to put it on that scale that it does make sense for the sport regarding where they came from and where they are now. You know, it was, I think it was like, you know, it was just the 90s where you're watching Mia Ham. 15 years later. My point is to go from, I am speaking, by the way, like $10 an hour or $10 a day is from the international side. But I'm just saying, let's just say that that number, which... And then you're taking that and, and putting 500,000. That is a huge increase in that amount of time. And I think that is only beneficial for the, for all of women's sports. They've this, the international team has made an example of themselves. They put themselves on the line. They were denied re- for ridiculous reasons in, in court. And, and anybody that doesn't know that situation knows that they were really fighting. Well, we're playing more times than the men. Again, I'm speaking internationally for a second. They were playing more times than the men. And in that case, the judge looked at it where, okay, well, but you actually earned more than the men. But they had to play more than the men to make even near that. And they had to win titles that are huge bonuses to still make more than the men. So all of their fights in court, I think it does translate to this. I really, I really, really do. Because you know what? They're not scared anymore to then take this to their domestic leagues, like the NWSL. And I deserve to be paid this. Do you want me to come home from overseas? Pay me this. And I like it. This is what we deserve. We deserve more. We'll get there. We need fans to come out, especially when we talk about the NWSL. If fans aren't there, they don't generate money. If fans don't watch game, they don't generate money. So if we truly care about this, you're going to turn the game on, you're going to buy tickets, you're going to buy gear, and you're going to give them the chance to make the money that we all think that they deserve. Now you make a lot of good points, Danny. And like, this sounds kind of weird, but thank God USWNT is as good as they are, or I don't think they would be getting as much recognition. I know this is, this is we're talking about the NWSL, so it's the mm-hmm. National Women's Soccer League, so this is international. But Press is one of the main players on the USWNT, and I think her and her performance uh, on that level is part of why she's getting this big contract. And I, yeah, it's it's great to see Press getting this big contract. And I'd love to hear what people like Julie Foudy and uh, Mia Hamm like have to say about this I'm sure they're like compared to their situation it's it's such such a big leap even just from like the days of like Lauren Holiday and like Christine Rampone I'm sure it's it's a big 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 improvement absolutely yeah what I think is is important to mention you know the the both of you uh both differentiated between you know uh the, the international team here um the, or the national team excuse me um, and, and the NWSL being a, a club league. But at the end of the day, one very much has affected the other, and we can all agree on mm-hmm. that. Um, and, and, you know, you, you wish that it didn't take such a level of excellence over a decade and a half for the U.S. women's national team for them to um, finally help uh, women's soccer players, hopefully eventually all over the world, uh, receive the recognition and appreciation and respect that they truly deserve as the fact that they're doing the same thing that the men do and get paid millions and millions and millions of dollars for all. Mm -hmm. So, you know, there is an incredible connection there and you can credit the U S women's national team for bringing that into the spotlight. um, Because for whatever reason, specifically here in the States, when it comes to international level, people really start to care. 
And uh, the, the key is to help uh, deviate that care back out into even when the Olympics are over and when the World Cup is over. To add to that, just to give a nice comparison here, I'm going to I'm going to use a musician for an example, just for for anybody listening who might be either our age younger or, you know, whatever. When when Nicki Minaj was rising, nobody really knew a Nicki Minaj. But then she's featured with Kanye West, Lil Wayne, all that stuff. That's like the players, okay, who are in the NWSL when they get a chance to play it on the national team. They're then spotlighted like Nicki Minaj was. And then what happened to Nicki Minaj? She rose to fame. So the international team gives those players a spotlight, and then people want to follow them. Well, where, where else are they playing? They're not playing right now for the national team because there's no games. Then they're going to follow them to their NWSL teams or their overseas teams. So I consider, you know, the national team just this big spotlight or this big musician that's featuring these players, and then people follow them from there. So that's, I think, that connection and how it all really works. So it's like, if you have a favorite player, go follow them. Go, go join whatever, go, go buy a jersey with their NWSL team. You know, I have a teammate, her name's Corinne, and that's what she does. And I admire her so much for it because it's not like, I'm not just going to cheer for the national team. No, I love these players. And now up those games are over. I'm going to the NWSL. She cheers for the NWSL games just as much as the international games. So we need to do more of that. We need to hold ourselves accountable. You know, they don't get money without the fans. Absolutely. And, you know, I, I want to wrap things up here quick um, because, you know, we're already at half an hour. And that's just like, to me, I think is the perfect podcast time. And I hope you and Homer are still listening and have been enjoying our conversation. But very quickly, Fordham soccer season started this past week. And I, I want to get both of your thoughts. We'll make it real quick. Just we'll, we'll go around the room. So you know, obviously the men lost to Providence. I, I think 3-0 was the final of that. Uh, dun, dun, dun. The, the reigning Atlantic 10 champion Fordham Rams uh, dropped a game to Providence on the road that they really should have won. Uh, meanwhile, the women were able to win their first game of the year in overtime. And, and again, overtime being the uh, the rules of how the Atlantic 10 functions and how NCAA soccer functions. We can get into that on a different day. Um, <laughs> Danny, Emma, let's go around takeaways from this past week for to begin things for Fordham men's and women's soccer and how that looks forward to the rest of the year. Yeah, it's disappointing on the men's side. You know, you you win the A-10 championship, you go to versus Providence, you're predicted to be the winner, but maybe that's the issue. You come off of a championship, you're predicted to win, and you go and you play, and you kind of just forgot that you have a game to play. Like, you know, I understand it's a long time off, but I know that these boys probably have been training hard for this, and you just got to execute that on the field to allow three goals in one half, and that came in the second half. There is a problem there. So you got to get that defense together, cut away on the sloppy mistakes, play a little bit more as a team. And, you know, to have, I think it was, I would say, I think it was seven shots total and only two on net for the offensive side. That's got it. You got to back up your defense, you know, as a forward, I I say when, you know, the team scores on my team, I'm going to make sure I score, protect my keeper. And, you, you know, the offense needs to do that. Don't, and defensively, again, sloppy mistakes, to lead to three nothing loss and really a second half loss. Come on, boys, you could do better than that. You were, you were the champions. Now channel it. And really quickly, just to touch on the women's. I mean, what a delight to see the junior Caitlin Kennedy. She, I think, it was her first goal too. And I was watching that, and I stood up and I clapped when I saw that strike. It was a gorgeous strike, and she really just she just took it. And and I love that. I love to see that confidence. I think the girls are going to do some big things this season. I'm hoping to see them win a championship. What about you, Emma? Yeah, I think you summed both teams up well. Um, Just I was watching the highlights and looking at some of the stats for the men's team. um, And I 
like just in the first half, the Providence held a 9-3 advantage in, in shots and had 65% possession only in the first half. And just right off the bat, that's not a good sign. Um, and just from the highlights, you could see that Providence was was uh, taking advantage of of their opportunities in front of the goal and that that goal that happened from the poor pass by the defender across the field where the the forward on Providence took advantage of that and scored the goal that that just simply can't happen so like you said I think the defense needs to definitely clean that up and they just need to keep keep practicing and and get some better results and then for the women's um I saw that we we had the way better advantage in shots with 32 to 7 and then shots on goal was 11 to 3 and corner kicks was also 11 to 3 so that's great to see and yeah I'm, I'm really happy for that the junior Caitlin Kennedy who it said they she stole a drop ball and delivered the game winner in the 99th minute so you'll love to see that and hopefully they can continue uh, with that success going forward yeah just to really quickly touch on a few things that you said Regarding the men's, I can't blame them for a first half. A 0-0 first half, you're playing with heart. It's all about that second half to me. The goalie missed that near post corner as well. You can't, you know, again, I'm going to go with the mistakes. They just need to be cleaned up, tightened up, and then they can make another run for A-10. Now, again, with the women's team, you know, they trailed 1-2 most of the match. And the Battle of the Bronx, you know, it was underway. And when it went to OT, you know, for that, for that junior to go out there and just take the game into her hands like that, absolutely astonishing. Love to hear it. Love to see it. Folks, of course, be sure to also catch our coverage of Fordham men's and women's home soccer games through WFUV on ESPN+. There will be lots of coverage there, specifically the men's games will be called by my friend Chris Hennessy and yours truly. So be sure to tune in for those. Yeah, very shameless plug, but I had to. That's going to wrap up this episode of FUVFC. Danny, Emma, always a pleasure to be joined by you guys. My name is Dylan. We will see you next week. Watch all the international football you can all over the world, and we'll talk all about it at the end of next week. So stick around for that. We will see you soon. Take care.